Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. A good exercise, you know, I've done before, you know, as a participant in these, in these learning experiences and workshops that, you know, we now put on for people in other organizations, um, and a great exercise that, you know, you had me you do uh, mm-hmm. as my personal branding coach was you know if you're somebody that you started a business you don't have your values yet, that's okay so just do this go to go back and just ask yourself challenge yourself to say what are your personal values what are those things that that, that you want to be known for um, and start there mm-hmm. and then think about the vision of, of where you want to take your company your organization uh, chances are you're, you're somewhere between where you want to be and, you know, and wherever you are right now. Hey, welcome back to the pre Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip, yes, it was a man, was from today's guest, Taylor Scott. I know I don't normally have men on the podcast. Taylor's actually the second man I've had on, but Taylor is a client of mine, and I love his message. He shares all about leading with hospitality and the things that he teaches is what I really wish that I had and some of my bosses when I was going through the workforce before I went full-time in my own company. And he also shares on this podcast all about his new book, which is called Leading with Hospitality. He shares the process of writing with it. He also shares what it was like launching his book with my company, The Balba Boutique, what it's been like working with us for the last year, helping him grow his personal brand. And Taylor is such a great speaker. And I think one of the reasons is, one of the reasons that he shares about writing and that it's that he really tries to connect through telling stories whenever he shares a message. So definitely listen to this episode if you want to be remembered, either through your writing or through your speaking, because Taylor is definitely one that you'll remember. And I think Taylor will help you do the same. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm today uh, an author, a speaker, and a leadership development consultant. And uh, that that may mean more to you, you know, as we continue talking, but um, I spent about 20 years working in the hospitality industry um, for, you know, different lines of business as a leader in hotel operations and then sales and marketing and then in casino operations and casino marketing and brand marketing and also vacation ownership sales um, before really doing a career transition into doing what I'm doing now, which is more in this learning and development space, 
um, as an author, a speaker, and then a leadership development consultant. So um, I work for Walt Disney, uh, the uh, Walt Disney Company on both coasts, Walt Disney World and Disneyland and different lines of business. I've also worked for a couple places here in Las Vegas. This is my third time living in Las Vegas. Keep living here, leaving, and coming back. But I work for the Win and Encore, and I also was on the opening team at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, where I was for four years uh, before going back to Disney over at Disneyland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I led all these different teams and different lines of business. And my favorite part about those jobs were, were, were those times, those moments when I got to teach and coach other people. And particularly when I got to the point where I was a director or a department head and I got to lead other leaders. And so my favorite parts of those those seasons of life were when we got to go to like leadership development workshops and trainings. And all of a sudden in like 2018, I said, you know what? I think that's really what I'd rather be doing. So mm -hmm. I learned how to create these workshops and, you know, learned how to do, you know, some speaking and learn how to put together a keynote presentation and learn how to deliver it. Got some practice doing that for a couple of years. And, and then, uh, came out with my first book called Ball Games to Boardrooms back in 2017. And then recently here, April of 2021, uh, we launched Lead with Hospitality, which is my second book. And that's published by Ben Bella Books. And so um, that brings you up to speed. <laughs> what does Lead with Hospitality mean? Yeah, I had this realization, you know, kind of like a, a five-minute realization that took 20 years to materialize in my heart and in my mind. But I hit this point um, around 2018, 2017, 2018, where I realized that that we're really all – one thing we all have in common is that we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. And I started diving into some research because I wanted to understand what really makes us as human beings, what makes us – tick and what gets us you know excited and ultimately what inspires us to take action you know the type of action that you know you and i know is in, in, the, in the leadership development world for example is being a leader is all about you know connecting with and inspiring people such that they want to become their very best so that then they deliver their best work so anyway i realized that we really love our favorite leaders for the same reasons we love our favorite hospitality destinations all these places I've been living and working in all these years, the Disney's of the world, the, the United Airlines of the world, the Alaska Airlines of the world, the, the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is of the world. So hospitality is really about making sure people feel you know, the ability to make people feel welcome, comfortable, and important. Well, I believe leadership is a lot of the same thing. It's about being human, emotionally connecting with people, and then serving them selflessly. So if you think about leadership as a service, that's really the sentiment throughout this entire book and throughout my entire message and platform now that I go and I spend time working with leaders in other companies and other organizations um, talking about these types of things and really how to bring these things to life. And so I have six virtues. There are six virtues of leading with hospitality. And they can kind of go in order. Connect, strive for self-mastery, serve, engage and inspire the reason why they kind of need to go in order as much as possible is it's really tough to coach and inspire people before 
really connected with them on that human personal level. Mm-hmm. So what we'll find is when, when we do that, when we take the time to commit to making a personal human connection, now people realize that, okay, maybe they are here to help me. Maybe my leader is here to help me, not hurt me. And they, they'll be more open to receiving things like those coaching conversations and the inspiration that oftentimes we try to jump right into without connecting mm-hmm. and serving So a lot of new business owners listen to this show are solo entrepreneurs so that are adding their first team members or first contractors. So what would be your advice to them as they're really just starting to build their team to start really with that thought process in mind of leading with hospitality? Yeah, that's a great call. And for people that are starting their own business, and, and especially those people that have made it to the point where they're now hiring people to join, you and I talk about this a lot. You know, you and I have known each other for a few years now, and it really comes down to values. So, like, as an organization, I know that you, as a personal branding coach, and your agency's done a lot of, you've done me a lot of good, <laughs> challenge me to think about what I value, mm-hmm. you know, so that we could then build, you know, the Lead with Hospitality brand from there. So, I would just say for anybody that's looking to bring on new people, make your hiring decisions based around uh, your values. So, for example, in the selection process, as you're interviewing people, you know, it's about just being real, being authentic and being human and asking people questions uh, that you believe their answers are going to tell you whether or not your values as as an organization, whether or not you see your values showing up in who these people are. Um, That's really what makes the magic happen. So, So that's one is making values really prominent in terms of how you select people. But then once they get on board, you know, think about, you know, when people come to work for you or work with you, making that an experience that's memorable and it's motivating and one that, you know, gets people to emotionally connect to you as a person and also to your cause, to your mission. And then the magic happens when they when they see and realize how their work they do with you every day, how that their role ties into the vision of where you're taking your organization. That is is, is where it all can can really start being really special. And, and then in terms of leading with hospitality, you know, along the way, it's mm-hmm. it's not about doing any one of these things in a vacuum. It's not that any one of these virtues that I talk about and write about are, are magical silver bullets is really about doing a lot of little things consistently. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're connecting on staying connected, connecting and then making a commitment to stay connected and then, and then always looking for ways that you can just serve them as opposed to expecting them to serve you as mm-hmm. an employee on your team, it all flows from there. And then, then you can really get into the point where now that the engagement you know, those conversations that are so, um, they're so important, but oftentimes swept aside or skipped, those conversations become much more organic, much more meaningful, much more productive along the way. And then it's just an inspiring environment in which everybody wants to be, be a part of it. Everybody wants to work, uh, you know, in, in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so very long way of saying, really just connect with people on a human level from, from, the time that they're starting to engage with you as a potential employer mm-hmm. and carrying all the way 
all the way through to when they join and then creating an experience for them while they're working for you. If you don't have those values for your company already figured out, how do you suggest someone figure out what their company values even are? Yeah, that's a good question. A good, a good exercise, you know, I've done before, you know, as a participant in these, in these learning experiences and workshops that, you know, we now put on for people and other organizations um, and a great exercise that, you know, you had me do uh, mm-hmm. as my personal branding coach was, you know, if you're somebody that you started a business, you don't have your values yet, that's okay. So just do this. Go to go back and just ask yourself, challenge yourself to say, what are your personal values? What are those things that, that, that you want to be known for? Um, and start there. Mm-hmm. And then think about the vision of, of where you want to take your company, your organization. Uh, chances are you're, you're somewhere between where you want to be and, you know, and wherever you are right now, you're probably somewhere in between. So think about two things. What are your personal values? And, and think about where it is, and what it's going to look like, and what it's going to feel like when, you, when your organization becomes what you're trying to make it. And just think about what kind of values you believe will help you and your team get there. Because mm-hmm. what values really are, this is the how. This is how we do what we do. So mm-hmm. as a business owner, as a, as, a, as a new brand, if you're somebody that started your business and you're hiring people, you get to now decide how we get work done around here. Mm-hmm. And that's really all values are. It's how the work gets done. Vision is where we'll start with mission. Mission is the purpose. Why This is why we exist. Vision is where we're going. And then the values are how we do what we do. And then comes the strategy, which is the plan to get you there. So if you're currently working inside an organization and you're moving up the ladder and you're wanting to be one of those leaders that leads with hospitality and that people enjoy working with, but maybe your leaders aren't like that. How do you suggest people handle that? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, it's a good question and it's a real one because mm-hmm. that is happening all over the place right now. It's been happening. In fact, that, that's why I do what I do now. Yeah. Is because what breaks my heart is, is when I have people come to me when I was in those roles as a leader somewhere in corporate America and any of those organizations I mentioned earlier, um, either I was coming home, calling my mom or calling my friends or calling my, you know, partners at the time, significant others at the time, and crying and frustrated about where it was I worked, or when I would see these other people that maybe maybe they were on my team and then they moved to a different team and then they would come back to me and say, you know, they'd be frustrated about where they worked. It usually came down to because their leader was not as great as he or she could be. Mm. Um, that's why I do what I do. So to anybody out there that's like, all right, fine. How do I lead with hospitality even when my own leader doesn't? I'd, I'd say a couple things. I'd say one, and it sounds corny, so take it or leave it, but it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. It'll help with your mindset. You know, it'll, it'll help. So, so be the change you want to see. There's something to that. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how old we are. Because right now, as you know, you and I talk about this all the time. At any given time right now, anywhere, you could have like five or six different generations in terms of age groups mm-hmm. of people working together. You know, and now 
is a good thing. You're starting to see a more diverse workforce, you know, in terms of, you know, it's black, white, Latinx, Asian, it's, uh, it's, you know, Gen Z are the, are the newcomers, it's millennials, it's Gen Xers, baby boomers, and it's the greatest generation. Well, here's the thing. One thing we all have in common, regardless of our race, our gender, or our generation, is we are all human beings. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about leading with hospitality. That is, if, if, you can, if you can figure out a way to connect with people on a human, personal level, it's amazing what will happen thereafter. Uh, so that, that really is the message, is, is just take a step back. And just ask yourself, all right, if I'm not getting along with my leader, when is the last time I really had a, a conversation, a human conversation, you know, about human stuff with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might have some opportunity there. When we connect on a human level, we have a tendency to then see what might be possible to go to the next level, whether mm-hmm. it's the next level in our relationships or the next level in the, in the results that we're able to, to deliver. Now, that person out there that might be saying, dude, I've heard that a million times. I've tried that, been there, done that. It just ain't going to work. If, if that's you, if you can seriously, honestly look us in the mirror, look yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I've tried. I've really tried. And I've tried again and again and again, and it's still not working. Then now would be an amazing time to go pull up your LinkedIn profile, you know, call up, call up my girl as and and work on your personal brand. And, and start thinking about an organization that, that might work better for you mm-hmm. um, or might fit, be a better fit for you um, because there's something to be said for you know, not staying, uh, not overstaying your, um, you know, your tenure if you've tried all these things and it still is not working. You know, that, that, that now is an unbelievable time. I mean, it's, it's a great time to be looking for a job right now because everybody needs people mm-hmm. coming back out of this pandemic. So, you know, you have an opportunity to be selective, um, but there's also a lot of other people that are applying for these jobs too, which is, and that's where I'll just say, that's where, you know, working with somebody like you, that's helped me, you know, in terms of my personal brand over the course of this last year. So I would say anybody listening, um, you know, even if you have a day job, even if you are thinking about maybe starting your own thing, if you want to make your side hustle your full-time hustle, but you still need a job to do it, there's something to still be said about having a personal brand, telling your story. Does your LinkedIn page, does your Instagram, does your Twitter tell the story of who you are, where you've been, and what you believe in? Because it's amazing what these potential employers, even your own leaders where you work today, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't know the story of you um, because you just haven't told them. Um, so I would just say, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and really let people in just as much as you're trying to connect with others on a personal level as well. Yeah, I think it's really surprising, even like past leaders and stuff, the more that content that I put out about myself that shows my different values, because a lot of times leaders, especially I feel like those types, they don't, they're not going to give you the time to like talk to them. But if you are connected on LinkedIn or something and then they see those posts, then that's kind of your opportunity to show them your values without you having to get a meeting with them. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly right. Yeah. And you know, that's the way you and I like to do sales. That's the way you and I like to do marketing. We like that organic side. And, mm-hmm. and we, we come, if you give, and I know we're going to talk about, I know we're going to talk about, you know, philanthropy and, and, and generosity, you know, here in a little bit, but, but this is a good opportunity to bring up generosity right now. Because if, you know, if you think about um, giving people value, like if, if you're somebody that's listening to this podcast, then, you know, chances are you're pretty hip to how content works these days. You got your the content that you put out, the whole content game. Well, it's just a way to, and I'm not the first person to say that, but it, there's something to leveraging these vehicles that we have, you know, the, the social media channels that we have to literally give value to mm-hmm. people. So to your point, if even if your own leaders right now, if they, if they aren't following you on LinkedIn or if they aren't following you on, on Instagram or whatever, you know, you can, you can give value in terms of some content that you're interested in, whatever you're passionate about. Um, and then, uh, you know, your prospective clients, you know, tend to, tend to find you and tend to want to engage with you. Um, the more they believe you could give them. It's amazing how that works. Just mm-hmm. like any other relationship. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to go, well, I'm married now. I'm getting ready to celebrate five years. But mm-hmm. like, I wish I knew this stuff back in the day. Like, <laughs> like all I had to do was actually, you know, give a little bit of myself first and maybe more girls would like, you know, maybe more girls would be more like to say yes to a date or something or as opposed to me trying to just impress them. Same goes for, for businesses. Same goes for brands. Same goes for agency. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta care. You gotta, you gotta, people gotta believe that you actually care about helping them. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that you say a lot that has kind of stuck with me, I think because I'm such a perfectionist, is that a lot of times when I go to put out content or hop on a coaching call, I'll think like, oh, I, I want to make sure that like I over deliver and like I help them and they get a lot out of this and like they see a lot of value in it. But then like I remember what you say about just being human and not like trying to be that superhuman because no one connects with that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like, I mean, that's really helped me. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I heard one of my favorite authors is Mark Sandburn. And he wrote a book that really you know made him famous, which was uh, The Fred Factor. Hmm. And so years ago, 2012, I worked here in Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan. They allowed me to dabble. So my side hustle was I did a blog on the outside of work. Um, and then I started doing speaking outside of work. And then they realized, hey, you like that stuff? You're pretty decent at that. You want to come help us do stuff here? So then I wrote a blog internally. And I would help them deliver their leadership development classes. You know, in addition to my normal job, I would do that. So it worked out well. So that's why I would encourage anybody to, you know, be you and let your leaders know what that is, what that looks like. And mm-hmm. just keep being you. Because you never know. They might be like, oh, my goodness. I had no idea you were good in that. Because it happened me anyway when i was doing those uh that little season mark sandmore uh hired me so i i reached out to him cold turkey facebook messenger think about that in like 2000 late 2011 early 2012 and wrote him a message that said you don't know me but i know you when your book fred factor came out 2004 my mom sent it to me and it completely changed my life 
mm-hmm. uh, in terms of my approach to work. Because um, it's all about uh, a mailman named Fred that does his job as a mailman with so much creativity, passion, and commitment that it literally moves people. It's that inspiring. So, Mark Samborn writes this book called The Fred Factor about the four life-changing principles we can all learn from Fred the Postman. And it sold two million copies. It literally crushed him. Well, I wrote him a note that said, my favorite book and all this, I love you, love your show, love your book. I put my cell phone number on there. He called me. I was in my office at the Cosmopolitan. I jumped out of my seat. I shut my door. I talked to him. I'm getting to a point of your answer to your question. <laughs> and he said, and we had this conversation. And what I wanted to ask him was, is, would you mind if in my blog every week I did Fred Friday? So I would, I would recognize a real life Fred that either I worked with or that I knew was one of my friends or somebody that I experienced. You know, as when I was a guest or a customer in another place, I would write these blogs. I mean, I was prolific, dude. I I would just I would blog it and blog it with no concept of turning it into a business at all. Yeah, it was well. Anyway, he then said, "Yes, that would be awesome. Please, by all means, write a blog about my book, and I'll you know I'll like it and put it out as well." Couple couple months go by, and I do this consistently every Friday. He calls me one day and says, hey, do you ever do any speaking and training? I was like, yeah. He ended up hiring me four or five times. Sent me to go do Fred Factor keynote speeches to like these smaller clients that didn't have this big budget to be able mm-hmm. to afford him as a big fancy keynote speaker. But they could pay a little bit less money. That he would farm me out to go do it. He flew me there, put me up in a little hotel, and he taught me how to do keynote speeches. Mark Sanborn, speaking Hall of Fame. This is finally the answer to your question. Is he had me <laughs> here in Vegas at Caesar's Palace. He happened to be in town a couple weeks before. I was gonna go do my very first Fred Factor keynote. You know, he wanted me to watch him do it. Mm. And so he invited me to go watch him his speech. He said in that speech, and then he also taught me to say in the speech that I would give, in the keynotes that I would give, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little phrase that he heard a long time ago that great leaders are not great because of their leadershipness. They're great because of their humanness. That's mm-hmm. where I first got that. Yeah. And so if you think about it, and if everybody listens, if you can kind of close your eyes and think about it right now, I do this in my sessions. Everybody close your eyes. It won't be weird because we're all doing it. Unless Everybody you're driving. Your think, <laughs> yeah, unless you're driving. <laughs> think about the, your favorite leaders you've ever had. Could be your favorite boss at a job. Could be your favorite teacher. Could be your favorite coach. Could be your favorite professor. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. chances are that person or those people that come to mind as your favorite leaders chances are you had like this really human personal relationship with them so being human just means being okay with showing some people your your, your, your vulnerabilities yeah. it looks like this it sounds like this if i'm if you're on my team you know and you report to me i might go to you and say look i, I know what my strengths are and like this one thing here this ain't it. And I know that you're really good at this. 
you know what? I would love it. I would really value your opinion. I would value your views. I would love for you to be able to just kind of take this on um, as a project or whatever, um, you know, that kind of a thing. And now think, I can think back. I'm sure people listening can think back. Have you ever had a boss that comes to you and goes, yeah, this is so not my thing, but this is so your thing. Why don't you do this and let me know what you think, and blah, blah, blah. That'll turn you on. It'll flip your switch. It'll light you up and ignite this new level, you know, mm-hmm. this different gear that maybe you didn't even know you had. They didn't even, they have made, man, you as a leader may not have seen this next year from somebody, but the idea is just trust them before you know you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what being human is. Humans like being able to say, you know what? I messed up. Here's a few things I did well last week, but this one, here's a decision I made that didn't work. Here's what I learned from it. And here's what I want to pass along to you. When we as leaders are able to do that, um, then other people that are on our teams, even if they're our peers, they look at it and go, wait, they just admitted what they did wrong, and I actually like them more than I did before. Mm-hmm. It's a human behavior thing. So if, if leaders, if we as leaders, if we're going to lead other humans, then it behooves us to understand human behavior. That is one thing. Vulnerability is a thing. Yeah. We need to make it cool again. Yeah, I, th- I think what a lot of times people are worried about is like, if I show that I don't know something, then people are going to be like, oh, well, she's like, she's not the expert, you know? 100%. 100%. And in reality, the opposite can be true. So you mentioned your book a couple of times, and I know that a lot of people have the goal of this (laughs) lead with hospitality. have the goal of writing a book so if someone like probably everyone listening has that goal (laughs) how do they actually do it yeah um i would say how do you actually do it well you gotta you gotta choose a topic that you're you know you're passionate about this goes back to like being you and like really leaning in to you uh leaning into what you know best leaning into what you're most passionate about because it is a bit of a labor of love. Like you've got to sit there on a plane in a coffee shop in your kitchen, you know, early morning, late at night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning before church, you've got to carve out time and you it's got to be stuff that you really love and you care about and you're passionate about. That's probably step one, you know? So if you're somebody, you have that and you have that already great start. Next is, is, um, there's really a, a process you can follow, you know, and there, there, it's, it, it's, it's not going to dazzle anybody. It's relatively simple, but not, not always easy. Um, so the next is, you know, what, what would an overview look like? You know, you got to think about, you know, who's the target audience for this book? Who's, who's the person that, that's the target reader? You know, what problem will your book solve for that target reader? And what are they going to think, know, feel, and be able to do after reading it? So if you look at it like that, you really look at it like a business. Mm-hmm. You look at it like an entrepreneur would if you were going to start a business. It's got to solve a problem. It's got to help people with some with something. Um, and it's got to give people some value, some a roadmap, if you will, um, to be able to read a chapter on a Tuesday 
and go put it into action on a Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about the structure, then you know you, you got you think about your overview. You think about you know all those things I just mentioned, and then you think about you just make a brainstorm list of like you know what are ten of the most uh, important lessons I've ever learned, you know, in this about this thing, this topic, uh, and you just sketch those down, you know. And then you start asking yourself, can I, can I, you know, really explain this as a principle? Number two is, do I have some stories, either stories of my own or stories of other people or other brands or other companies that really bring this principle to life? And can I give people some applications? Can I give mm-hmm. people, here's four ways to do X. You know, for example, how you and I work together. Well, one of my big things is my first thing out of the gate, commitment to connection. So the first chapter of my book is, you know, something about connecting. And at the end, so I do, here's the principle. Connecting with people is relatively important. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> here's some illustrations. Here's a story. Maybe it's one of my stories. Maybe it's a story of another company. Maybe it's a story of a boss I had that really nailed it on this. And then three, at the end of the chapter, or at the end of the, the section, here's three ways you can commit to staying connected to the people on your team. Connect with them one-on-one, connect with them in a team meeting, and then stay connected through your written communication. So if you follow this cadence mm-hmm. of principle, illustration, application, over and over and over again, that's how you write a book. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we started the process on my book. <laughs> and then well, I paused. I would say we are, you know, we're in process with you. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that was one of the that's one of the ways we got started working together and you know, you you're a good example. You've got you've got a great topic, you've got a great outline, you've even got pretty much a synopsis of each chapter. Mm-hmm. And so now where where you are, you're you're thinking through, you know, how can you articulate each of these principles? And then what are the stories that are really going to be great illustrations um, mm-hmm. to show people? Because that's really how we learn, you know, all adult. We're really just taller people as adults. <laughs> the more we can tell stories, and I can tell you this, I've now written my second book. I actually just, well, I have two books out, um, and I just got a LinkedIn message today. I'm not kidding. Immediately before we got in, here's a real review, which is, on a LinkedIn post that you posted for me, thank you. It's a high school principal in Lake Worth High School at West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Here's the power of stories, being able to tell stories. Taylor, your new book was one of the best books I've read this year. I'm not reading this, by the way, to brag about this. I'm using this as an illustration to illustrate. This is what people remember. This is what people... This is what makes people want to pick up your book, buy your book, and most importantly, keep turning the page to read more of, is the stories. You provided stories that brought your messages to life. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have scripted this either. I enjoyed <laughs> the journey you took the reader on as you learned firsthand what it took to provide world-class service to all clients, whether it was one customer, you even put in parentheses, lost keys to a Mercedes, because that's the story I tell or planning for thousands of 
grand openings at five-star hotels. You lead with hospitality because you love what you do. Thank you for sharing your life stories with us. Your book is a must-read for leaders who aim to provide the best for their clients and employees. Of all the frustrating days, of all the, is it going to work? Is, is what I'm writing going to, is anybody going to care? The book came out four months ago tomorrow. Yeah. No, it came out four months ago today, April 27, 2021. That comment right there to anybody that's thinking about writing a book, that's why you write the book. Not for royalties, not for <laughs> a business to build on it. You write the book because you have a message and you have stories and you have application, actionable things people can put into action to bring your principles to life. Mm-hmm. This guy, it's his last year. He's going to retire after this year. What if he had this 20 years ago? Yeah. There's somebody out there that needs to hear your story. There's somebody out there that needs to hear your stories that you've compiled over the years, you as a lead and all of you listening today. If you're thinking about doing it, I can tell you it is it is, it is a hard process. It's simple but not easy, mm-hmm. but it's also one of the most rewarding things because once it's in print, once you get it out there, you get messages like that that remind you why you did it in the first place. I will also say, though, if ideally whatever your book is about is also what your personal brand and like overall business is about. And if that's the case, then once you write the book, then you already have a ton of content for your like social media person or team to use. And it makes it very easy to then do everything else with a lot less work. <laughs> that, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because then what you're able to do then is, okay, now you have all of these chapters written. Well, guess what you can do? You can build... A, mo- a training module, a, a, you know, a, a workshop, you know, using the, the content, but you just put it in workshop format, you know, from mm-hmm. there, like you and I have partnered together and we continue to do, um, as the author, I can write the content and piece stuff together because it is modulated out. It's parceled together. Um, and then I work with you and, you know, that's what people can see, you know, on, on the social media, on, on my social media whether they're looking on leadwithhospitality.com or if they follow tscott1502 on Instagram or if they're searching Taylor Scott, you know, on LinkedIn, to your point, when they pull it up, you better believe all over that thing is going to be lead with hospitality, messaging and branding. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it can all really work. And then that's when you put your entrepreneur hat on, you put your business acumen hat on, and you start, that's when you start monetizing. But mm-hmm. you don't write the book for the purpose of monetization. Right. Um, so you mentioned when you first started giving speeches and speaking, you were kind of just doing it on the side. And I feel like that's an important point that a lot of times when we're at a full-time job and there's something we really want to do, we kind of feel like we have to choose like one or the other when in reality, like, 
you probably should start doing it on the side and either your job will realize that you're good at it and you'll get to do it at your job or you'll move into it full time eventually. Um, can you talk a little bit about that kind of process? Yeah, of- yeah I, I, I can. And, you know, I, in my first book, Ball Games to Boardroom. So I, I, I chose that as my first book because, you know, I really wanted to just see how to write a book. So mm-hmm. I chose like the, the thing that I was most passionate about. Linking sports, you know, the lessons you learn from sports to how you can apply those same lessons in your job, you know, as an adult, you know, wherever you work. Um, so for me, that's what came most naturally. Well, I've got five parts to that book. And the first part of that book is called Practice the Future Today. Mm-hmm. That is the answer that I have to your question is no matter where you are, that's why I put it in the book. It serves a good purpose, which is no matter where you are, no matter where any of us are, you're probably somewhere between, you know, where you are today and where you want to be or what you'd rather be doing or what you eventually want to do. So I would just say there's no better way to align yourself and to see if you're good enough to get there and to show other people you're good enough to get there, to learn more yourself about how to be successful when you do get there, mm-hmm. there's no better way to do that than to practice the future today. Mm-hmm. So here's an, here's that's the principle. Here's an illustration. Here I was as the director of identity membership, which is the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas's version of the loyalty marketing program. You know, go get your players' club card. You know, and then put it in the machines, slot machines, and get points. You know. The more money you spend playing slots, the more money you spend playing table games. We and we also rewarded for people that you know you could use put your identity membership card down when you spent money in the hotel, when you spent money in restaurants, bars, and even our shows. So I was the director of that program. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Got to do a lot of neat things. There's a brand marketing element. There's a casino marketing element. There was a, I had a team of like forty to fifty people. So there was a leadership element, you know, there was also an element of working Fridays and Saturday nights till two in the morning. And then sometimes coming back in early on Sundays or Monday mornings. So, so I knew deep down that while I love everything there is to love and do, you know, working in hospitality, I knew, and I love this town. I love Vegas. I love Disney. I love New York city. I love Sam. I love, I love hospitality. But I knew then that my strengths, though, were when it came to teaching and coaching and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And I had started a blog and realized not only was I passionate about writing about things that are inspiring, I was not bad at actually writing. So I knew then in 2012 and 13 and 14, and then when I went back to Disney, when I worked at Disneyland, I knew in 2015 and 16 and 17 that really, I wanted to become an author. I wanted to become a speaker. I wanted to become one of these people that put on these workshops and these learning development, uh, leadership development, you know, experiences. So my way of practicing the future today, back then, mm-hmm. was on the side, I would go speak in front of anybody who would let me. Cosmopolitan found that out. They would have me go speak at the new higher orientation. They would go have me facilitate actual leadership development 
courses. People like Mark Sanborn would hire me and send me out to go speak on his behalf. And he paid me. I would go speak at UNLV for free in classrooms. I would go speak wherever somebody would want to, at, at College of Southern Nevada, at a magnet school here in Las Vegas on the other side of town that had a hospitality program in high school. I went over there and would speak. Mm-hmm. So whoever's out there, you know, um, it's never too early. It's never a bad time to practice what you want to be down the road to start practicing that today in your season today because what will happen is in that season even though it's frustrating even though there are things that you have to do in your day job that will get on your nerves if you can in your mindset and in your heart know like i used to be like i i might have to work tonight on a on a thursday night this is real life story I might have to be here for the slot tournament until 10 o'clock tonight, but today at 3 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon, I'm invited to go speak to a new hire class of 50 people that are joining the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I get to be the director of identity membership that gets to welcome them into our community. So in that season that would have otherwise been frustrating, and like a real pain in the neck to have to be there for 15 hours again. Yeah. It gave me so much life and so much purpose that I could practice. And look what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting paid to do keynote speeches. I'm getting paid to get on a plane every week and to go into other companies and, and, and do the same thing. Yeah. And I, I'm good at it today, better at it today. Because I started practicing it way back then. So you mentioned a couple times that we've been working together. So can you share a little bit more how working with my agency has helped you and your business? Yeah, so there's so many things that, that you've helped me do. <laughs> so I'm 10 years older than you. Actually, I'm a, I think I'm 11 years older. I just turned 42 last week. So does that make me 10 or 11 years? I won't say. You don't 11. Say. <laughs> uh, I'm 11 years older than you. This is the, this is the, the magic here is, is, you know, for people that don't know, as Lee and I first met each other, we worked for the same company. We worked for the same consultant management consulting firm here in Las Vegas. And our relationship started over having lunch. She was like the new girl. There, there weren't very many of us. So she was like the new girl, and I was like this really weird, probably in her eyes, guy back then that just kept showing up in the break room when she was having lunch. And uh, we would just start talking about getting to know each other. But then we started talking about what we are passionate about. And I told her all these things I just told you guys on this podcast. But she told me what, what she does on the side, at that time, did on the side. And then Anyway, fast forward to the pandemic, and we both were we both were sitting where we are right now. I was sitting in my <laughs> kitchen, and she's sitting in her home office, and we were trying to decide what we we're going to do. And I said, you know what? I think now's the time for me to just create this thing out of necessity. Uh, but I knew where my gaps were, and I had gotten to know you so well, and I followed you on social media to understand what it is that you do and what. You know, whether it's the Baba Boutique or if it's Pretty AF, you know, I got to understand what you could provide. So, so what I really valued was, you know, 
here's somebody who, yeah, she may be younger than me. She may have mostly female clients, <laughs> but I'm a person out here that I have these problems that I knew you could solve. Here were my problems. I can, I'm a good writer and I created all this content, but I'm always like on the go, either, you know, God willing in a good season, getting hired to go out and do stuff, you know, so I'm actually having to execute mm-hmm. and going to speak or going to do workshops or I'm having to create workshops. What I didn't have time to do consistently to the extent that I know it needs to be done in order to have a personal brand out there to then, you know, have things like a newsletter, have things like a consistent blog, consistent videos to put out so that people can get a sense of what it is you do, what it is you can offer and what your message is. Where my gap was is I didn't really know how to organize all that content and I really didn't know how to build the processes and the systems, if you will, so that it could just churn and it could go. So I came to Azalee and I said, here, I want you to follow these like three or four authors and speakers and thought leaders and look how they're doing on their social media. And I was like, I don't know how to do that, but I know that's what I want. And here we are. I am proud to say that we are, this is, I believe, our like one year anniversary. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like literally like maybe in like, uh, actually it's a little more than a year, but it's a one year yeah. anniversary of the content yeah. that we've been putting out consistently, um, the lead with hospitality content. Um, and so every single, my vision was that I want every single day people that follow Taylor Scott to be able to get encouragement, inspiration, and a little bit of a, you know, here's an application. Here's something that I could try today or I could try this week that might help me, whether that's a blog post, a newsletter, or a, a cutesy little screenshot on LinkedIn or a, a, a graphic on Instagram. I knew I wanted that to be me. I wanted to give that to people. And, and you, as a lead, uh, helped me build the processes and build the system such that I'm proud to say for 12 months straight, pretty, I think in one week or in two weeks from now, it will have been 52 weeks that we have done that every single day, just about of every week. We may mm-hmm. take Saturdays and Sundays off. So my gap, I knew that I didn't have the capacity to be able to facilitate that. Well, that is I, I had as a lead helped me with strategy, helped me with, um, you know, some really, you know, bite-sized, you know, goals for milestones of what we wanted to get done by what date. And then really in terms of the action plan, she took some stuff off my plate. I kept some stuff and what I kept, whatever I do helps her be able to facilitate it. And so, and so there you go. That That's what I have gotten out of it and I'll, and I'll tell you the biggest impact not only am I able to then now be this person to give 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 all this value hopefully to anybody that follows you know tscott1502 on Instagram and tscott1502 on Twitter but also you know LinkedIn and Facebook is now all of a sudden I've got a fortune 100 company that has brought me in for the last four months and as of an hour ago, I just got off a of Zoom with them. I'm going to get another contract. And I've, I had another call today with another Fortune 100 company. 
Mm-hmm. I've got three or four other companies that we are in conversation right now to anywhere from they might want to buy a, a little a little you know allotment of books for their people to they want me to come and help them design a whole program that will help them teach their leaders how to lead with hospitality because this message resonates with them and who they know they want to be. That does not happen, but the interest that I have right now, the conversations that I have, does not happen without a personal brand that as a lead, you know, the Baba Boutique has helped me, has helped me put out into the world. Wowza. <laughs> there's just no way. There's just yeah. no way. Yeah. Um, so if someone is thinking about working with us or with me and they're like, debating on it what would you tell them <laughs> well for debating i would just say be real with yourself and just go all right do, do i do i really want this whatever the, whatever this is if you're a side hustle person or if you're a person who's already jumped and you already have your you already have your business and you need help with a brand for it and you need mm-hmm. help with your personal brand you just got to have this real conversation i'd go take a walk you know something magical happens when we take walks you get your good ideas you know that or in the shower. So I'd either in the shower or while you're taking a walk, I would just be real with yourself and go, am I going to do this or not? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to do it? And you'll find out really quick. If the answer is yes, then you'll almost want to hold yourself accountable to be able to get these things done that you know need to be done, but you just have been either putting it off or you literally do not have the time or capacity to do it. That's where the value of having a partner like like Azalee comes in. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm I'm just I'm saying that as like or just a real that's as real as you as I can get, you know. Yeah, I think that, I think anytime you hire either someone to help you like an agency or a virtual assistant or a coach, like it one thing like obviously their expertise or whatever they're doing is gonna help you, but it also I just think the accountability is also such a huge help because it forces you to like turn things in, you know, <laughs> like they have due dates now. You can't just. Like if you've got anybody listening right now, because I know you have in your, in your community, in your tribe, in your network, you have some, you have some fitness people. Mm-hmm. You know? And so for me, you know, back in that same season at the Cosmopolitan, I got a personal trainer, like a, a, like a fitness personal trainer. Mm-hmm. The reason I did is because I, this was before I met my now wife who then became my girlfriend and eventually became husband and wife. But so I was a single dude, 31 years old, 32 years old, 33 years old before I met my wife working down here on the strip, Mm -hmm. Mr. Director, man, like, Oh, like, you know, so fancy. And I was, I would work six, seven days a week, not all the time, but, there's many times I'd work six days a week. Most of the time, it'd be 12 to 15-hour days. Jeez. I got a personal trainer for two reasons. One, it would hold me accountable to leave work. Mm-hmm. And two, here's what happens those of us that do fitness. Here's what, here's what they're going to be like saying, amen, as you're listening to this right now. If you pay somebody, like you pay a personal trainer, to give you a nutrition plan and work out, all of a sudden, 
you have this accountability when it comes down to ordering your food. All of a sudden, you're not ordering the chips and salsa. You're not having the third IPA beer. You're not having the pizza. Instead, you're ordering, you know, chicken, a veggie, and, you know, rice, or you're, you're having the kale salad. That's accountability. Yeah. In the same vein, if you pay for a partner like you, then you're going to be laser focused, carve out your time, make time. Like today, here's a story right now. Today, everybody listening, I just sent Azalee Maslow an email that had, it's a Word document that has 53 blogs slash newsletters that we will put out over the course of the next calendar year. Mm -hmm. To be Mr. Overachiever on purpose, I gave her not 52, but 53. I knew, I had that as homework. I've had it for the last two or three weeks as a as a to-do item, and she probably thought I forgot about it. But, you know, if I don't have as a lead, <laughs> as a partner, you know, not only to help me execute this stuff, but as a real partner and a life and accountability, and, like we have a relationship now. She wants me to be successful. I want her to be successful. So as it's your point, it, it becomes this, this really eye-opening thing, you know, that really does make you more accountable. And if you align that to, again, where you want to be in the future, it's going to help you move the ball down the field to get there, mm-hmm. you know, a lot quicker than you would otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I only work with people if I like agree with their message, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that also like makes me, I mean, obviously you're paying me if I'm going to do my job, but it makes me want to, you know, make sure you're doing it. I'm going to speed around the rest of the questions since <laughs> so pretty af is all about phil- philanthropy film phil- and oh my gosh philanthropic yes that stuff <laughs> so can you share um ways that you give back and why that's important to you yeah i like uh, i mean living from a place of generosity can can really change your own mindset um but that's like like a great byproduct because what you know the the real magic is that um there's no better way to give as i like to say give kindness so like uh one thing is you know i love this brand give culture you know i first met them you know five years ago four or five years ago and and their whole thing they have t-shirts that say give, and then there's a word, whether it be mm-hmm. compassion, kindness, thanks, patience, uh, love, hope, peace. And now they have shirts that say give hospitality. So I partner with them and I do stuff for them, you know, right now for free. Like I help them with their messaging. I help them, you know, with some strategy and, you know, you know, you and I both partner to help them because um, ultimately what they do is they build teaching tools to teach and inspire the next generation of students and leaders, you know, to live from this place of generosity. Mm-hmm. So, so, so why is that so important? It is 
it's amazing when we give our time, when we give our talents, and when we really give our heart to something else or to somebody else. Um, it's amazing what you'll see that that actually does to the product of whatever it is you're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it's also inspiring for you, but it makes, it can change somebody's life. It can change, it can change somebody's day. And if we change enough days over time, you know, we're going to, we're going to, people are going to change each other's lives. So it's really about taking the focus off yourself and putting it on somebody else. Um, and, and another byproduct is when you do that, you just have a whole sense of gratefulness, you know, mm-hmm. to what you do have that it, it helps you all of a sudden go, all those things that I thought were my problems. Now that I see what other people have to go through, mm-hmm. I don't have any problems compared to that. Yeah. It just makes you feel better. And there's science that proves, you know, it, it, it helps your mental health. It helps your physical health. Like there's, sci- there's science that proves that living, working and loving from a place of generosity actually makes you happy it actually makes you more successful and it actually uh lengthens your lifespan i didn't do the research i just found the research (laughs) taylor the scientist (laughs) i want to get into your best tips to being pretty af (laughs) okay second guy on the show (laughs) so some of the questions are a little odd for a man but Okay. What is I know you travel a lot, so this is a good one for you actually. What is your number one tip for travel? Roll your (laughs) roll your clothes. When you roll your clothes up, you're able to, you know, fit more in a really small carry on suitcase. Yeah. It'll give you options for what you can wear when you get Mm. Awesome. What is your number one wellness tip? Number one wellness tip is to do something physical as early in the day as humanly possible. Why? (laughs) Because when you do that consistently as a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you will have one fewer beer, one fewer cocktail. You will stay up a couple hours you know, you, you'll, you'll go to sleep a couple hours sooner each night. Then when you get up earlier and you sweat and you do some type of activity, you're starting your metabolism earlier in the day. And so, you know, there's some debate about that. They call it fasted cardio. Mm. Uh, there's some debate about whether or not that actually works or not. I'm like, dude, I don't care if the science is there or not. There's something to be said for if you get up, and do cardio or get up and work out before you even shave and shower and get ready for work, whether you're going to work or whether you're going into a work day sitting at your home office or mm-hmm. your kitchen, if you're me. Whatever else happens the rest of that day, at least you know you just crushed a workout mm-hmm. already. It just gives you so much more energy and self-confidence. And it's your time. It's yeah. your time that you can use to just give yourself time to like, Stop thinking about everything else. Just use that time for some good for you. Listen to a podcast. <laughs> Listen to an audio book. <laughs> Leave hospitality on Audible. <laughs> and ball games to boardrooms, whichever you would choose. Both available on Audible. Narrated by me. Last tip. What is your number one life tip? Life tip is 
you got to believe in a higher purpose. Believe in a higher, believe in a higher something. I don't care. Like I'm a Christian, but I don't. I don't care if you believe in the same God I believe in. But what I want for everybody is for you to just believe in something. Is just believe that there's a higher power out there. Here's the reason: is that we can't do this alone. Time and time again, we think we can, and we hold on so tight, and we're control freaks by nature, because that's one of the things about being a human being. Mm. But when we realize that we're not in charge, we're not in control, and we put our faith, and we put everything that we do, you know, for this higher purpose, in my case, it's, it's you know, Jesus and God, but that may be different for you. That's fine. But think and believe in a higher purpose, and it will change your life for the better. Well, I feel like that was about me because I'm a super control freak. <laughs> Stop trying to control it. Yeah, we'll work on it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me and talking to me for over an hour. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for, for being my business partner for yeah. now, uh, well over a year now. Um, how can people find you, work with you, grab your complimentary gift, as you like to call it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would love to engage with, with anybody and everybody. So here's a couple ways. Go to leadwithhospitality.com and make yourself at home. Click around. You can see different videos and blogs. You can get an idea of the leadership development workshops that I create and deliver and also license out teach other people how to deliver. Um, but you can also sign up to get the weekly newsletter. Absolutely complimentary for you. It just shows up in your inbox every week. It'll take you what? And you'll, you'll see the, the batch I just sent you, by the way, as you take and read these ones this whole next year. I mean, it's like 45 seconds to a minute. You can scan it all. You can read every single one of these things on a Tuesday morning when Azalee hits the button, send it out. <laughs> And you can put stuff into action that following day. So I'd encourage you to uh, sign up for that newsletter and or you can download your complimentary uh, Lead with Hospitality field guide, which is basically an action plan that, that has 12 action steps um, that will help you bring all of these virtues of leading with hospitality. It'll help you bring them to life. It'll help you put some stuff into action. So whether you're a leader of other people or if you lead other leaders and you want a tool that you can easily give to the leaders that are on your team to help them lead their teams better, uh, I just encourage you to download that bad boy and, and give it a shot and see if it works. You can email me at tscott21 at gmail. Um, and then I'd love to have everybody connect with me on social media because um, you can then see Azalee's handiwork every single day. We continue to put out all of our messaging. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Whether you're leading people or serving people or consulting people or being a friend to other people, be human, emotionally connect with them, and find ways to serve them selflessly, and you'll change your life. And you'll change other people's lives as well. Mm. So last question that I ask every guest, 
What does being pretty AF mean to you? It means just being uniquely you. And it means not being afraid to show people who you are, who you want to be. And that includes stuff you do really well, as well as stuff that you're just not really good at at all. That, to me, is literally, I think that is the most attractive thing about anybody. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the podcast. I know how busy you are. And thank you for listening all the way to the end. This was one of my favorite episodes. I always love listening to Taylor speak and his message. I remember seeing him speak for the first time in Chicago about a year ago, actually. And he definitely, seeing him in person, he's one of the best speakers I've ever seen. So if you ever get the opportunities to see one of Taylor's keynotes, definitely do it. If you want to see what a great live speaker looks like. That's all I have. I have a very important announcement in next week's solo episode, so definitely stay tuned for that next Wednesday, and I will see you then. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. Tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.